This is Airwaves by Aviation Trader, your complete aviation marketplace, with your hosts, Steve Vischer and Grant McCarran. Hi everyone and welcome to this second edition of Airwaves by Aviation Trader, the official podcast of Aviation Trader magazine. You can find us at aviationtrader.com.au. My name's Steve Vischer, joining me as always, my good friend Grant McCarran. Hi mate. Hey man, how you going? Oh, not too bad on this uh, rainy, rather wet and cold uh, morning here in Melbourne, Australia. It's uh, yeah, uh, it's um, probably good uh, density altitude weather for flying, but uh, I'll tell you what, um, from a cloud-based perspective, probably not so much. Yeah, well, the kind of flying I do, uh, yeah, not in the rain, mate. We don't like that. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, of gloomy weather and gloomy news, um, yeah, there's not been so uh, great news this week on the Red Bull Air Race front, and uh, we're going to be talking in just a few moments to our good friend Australia's representative, of course, in the Red Bull Air Race series, Matt Hall. And uh, unfortunately, the news has come down during this week as we record this that the uh, race has decided, uh, the administrators at Red Bull have decided to wrap the series up at the end of 2019. Yeah, really sad about this, mate. Uh, a lot of us absolutely loved watching the uh, watching the race. Uh, we were right into it and, of course, supporting Matt all the way. And now not only are they terminating the uh, the race after this season they've cut the season down to only four races so that makes it really hard to uh, have a, a long-term strategy and things like that you've got to really go hard on all four races remaining so pretty full-on it is very full-on and to uh, tell us a bit more about that let's uh, have matt come in and join us right now matt welcome to the show g'day guys how are you well it's been an interesting week for news hasn't it for the red bull air race and uh, sadly it's not good news yeah, it's um, it, it caught us by surprise. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we're still, uh, you know, it's going to take a little while to sink in um, for a lot of aspects. But uh, you know, that's uh, you know, life has its ups and downs, and this is just uh, this is a, a bump in uh, in it. But uh, yeah, we're we're pretty disappointed for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, for for ourselves, for the team, um, but but hugely disappointed for the fan base because you know it's a uh, it's got a massive following worldwide, and um, and uh, yeah, everyone's um, everyone's hugely disappointed. Do you think Red Bull was banking on perhaps greater acceptance in the in the US, Matt? I, I get the impression, and you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I get the impression that it's never really grabbed the foothold there that perhaps they would have hoped. Yeah, I, it, yeah, I'm not um, involved in the uh, the details of uh, of the the financial decisions of the air race and the, and the financial motivations of it. Uh, it's yeah, it all comes down to money. That's uh, yeah the they were loving the project and they were loving, uh, the, you know, the, where it was going, but, uh, and it was, it was popular and, um, you know, making, uh, making really good progress in Europe. But as you say, it just couldn't, um, it couldn't break into the U S market. And that's a very important market, um, you know, for, um, for global, you know, for sport. And, um, it's, it's, it's one of the aspects of it. I, I, I expect. It's a very competitive space for any sport, and you know everybody's in the motorsport. I know there was a determination. Um, you know we've we've talked amongst it, uh, the three of us in in times past about the determination to try and make it like the Formula One of the skies. And uh, you know there were changes to the format in terms of the race uh, to try and engineer it that way. Um, I guess that just hasn't grabbed a, a foothold in the in the wider market, at least not in the eyes of Red Bull. So I guess the question for you is where to from here? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big question, I guess. Um you know, um, there's a, you know, there's a, there's there's a lot that I need to um, to take in and have a think about. You know, the um, the initial priority is is basically we've still got three races to go, so it's uh, it's just you know 
really make sure we don't drop the ball there and, you know, go to those races super prepared, as we always do. Um, you know, I've, I've, got to, I've got to live the rest of my life uh, looking back at how I finished my career in racing. So I want to look back on it with pride rather than look back going, geez, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we, we came out the back end not, not that well. So, um, and in the meantime, um, you know, I, I've, I've got to sit down and, um, you know, you guys know and most people that have heard me talk know that I'm a very, very goal-oriented person. Um, you know, I need, I need vision and dreams and that's what motivates me to, to push as hard as I do with everything I do. And um, so the dream and the vision has always been revolving around racing for the last um, – last 12 years now actually and um it's uh you know what i need to do is is uh take a blank yeah the good news is i'm gonna i can take a blank sheet of paper and go right what is what is the vision for the next um 10 to 15 years for uh, for matt hall racing i mean are, are you aware of any um there's, there's nothing on the horizon no indication of something that might replace this is there oh i think it's i think it's too early to even um to look at that um i would be surprised if there aren't some discussions going on around the world at the moment saying you know what i reckon that was a i reckon that's a great formula for um for what was going on um i wonder if we can have a go at uh, making it work so um you know it, it it was definitely it definitely had um potential for success there's there's no doubt about that and um there's definitely some really good people with some really good knowledge about how to make it work there's no doubt about that and yeah, so I, I can't really I can't really um, comment with any any knowledge about you know if there will be something that replaces it. Um, but as I said, you know I'd, I'd be yeah I, I, I could almost guarantee there's people discussing it uh, right now. Well, I guess the thing with you, Matt, is too that um, you know people know you for being on the Red Bull Aero circuit, but uh, particularly those of us here in Australia know that that's really not the only thing you do, is it? You're you're very well known on the air show circuit. You do a lot of displays, and um, you know you business there. You've got corporate flying and all sorts of other things going on in the background. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, you know, the good news is um, yeah, I'm not going to be I'm not out of the job because uh, I've got. Um, you know, I've, I've actually been wearing so many hats, it's not funny. And, um, you know, in some ways it means that, you know, if, if, if nothing comes on the horizon internationally for racing, um, I can put um, a lot more time and effort into what I do back here, which is, as you say, you know, we do, we do a lot of motivation and risk management talks. Um, we, display, we display aircraft at um, some high-profile events, which, you know, I've now got quite a few um, high-energy yeah, high uh, display aircraft. Um, you know, we've got our joy flights. We've got uh, the airfield that's uh, that's growing. Um, we've we've put on a King Air and um, and a couple of other um, cabin class aircraft that we're doing charter work with. So th- there's a lot going on. Um, so financially, you know, there's 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 a couple of businesses I'm running which are which are great. Um, for me personally, um, you know, I've had a, a I was just talked to my son this morning saying that I've had a, an amazing career um, for the last thirty years, uh, almost thirty years. Um, I've been doing jobs that, that most people would pay money to do, and um, yeah, I'd and, be one of those. And that, <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the thing I'm going to have to get used to. It's like, how do I? How do there's going to be a bit of a hole in my life of um, you know, like stretching myself as far as I can to then uh, ultimately, you know, get that uh, feeling of yes, I've won a race and stand up on a podium and spray champagne. That's a that's a pretty impressive uh, feeling, and um, and that's what I've got to figure out. Yeah, can I replace it? How do I replace it? Or do I just have to accept that that is not replaceable anymore? Well, Matt, um, let's let's uh, let's shift across to uh, the current season then, and we'll get back to the the current issues. I, I notice uh, an article here on the Red Bull Air Race website talking about some uh, some problems, perhaps with your engine or with the aircraft. What's going on there? 
Yeah, so we, we had some issues in, in the first race at Abu Dhabi. And um, the week started off okay, but then the plane was just getting slower and slower during the week. Um, and uh, the way we the way we track everything, and with the way we track our, you know, we can track competitors as well um, through um, you know through through clever methods, which is uh, you know from stuff that we uh, we receive um, in yeah, in open in open information. And we could we could see that our aircraft was basically suffering a power loss. Um, in the track, and um, we could see we could see roughly where the where the broad issue was, which with, with one of the cylinders was having issues. But because, um, yeah, as as Finchie, my my technician, said, you know, if, if this was the real world, would um, would ground the plane for a week and would systematically go through it and figure out what the problem is. But because uh, when you're racing, it's not the real world. It's um, hey, you've got uh, you've got two hours between sessions. You haven't got the time to go and pull a cylinder off and inspect it and all that sort of stuff. So we sort of just had to take a band- bit of a band-aid approach to make sure that the uh, plane was safe and serviceable. And we got Lycoming uh, involved and got them um, boroscoping the engine and making sure the the the, the engine is not going to fail. It's just got a problem. Um, so we you know we sort of limped through that race, which was good because um, I wasn't even sure we were going to be uh, airborne at that race. Um, and then since then, we've been over in Germany with the aircraft, which is where all the planes were based um, for the last few months. And uh, and Finchie put a huge amount of time and effort into um, into going over the engine. And yeah, we found a number of things. And then uh, the rest of the team joined him over there, and we did a huge amount of ground runs and a huge amount of tuning. And we brought uh, the engine back to its um, former power levels. So um, that's that's a good thing. So. Um, when we packed the plane up in Germany to go to the next race in Russia, um, we left Germany uh, with a with a really good feeling that um, the plane is as good as it used to be. Um, and in fact, uh, we we think we've made a few improvements. That uh, you know, you're always just talking about the uh, yeah, it's not even the one percent is anymore. It's the uh, fractions of a percent. But uh, we think there's some uh, a few little uh, improvements we've uh, been able to put in there as well. That is a a major issue you just mentioned about the aircraft all being in Germany. You know, you've you've got a limited amount of time available for testing and all that kind of stuff, and it's not exactly in your back door, is it? You've you've got a long haul to get everyone across there, do the work, then bring them all back, then take them across for the next race. So that's being from Australia. That that has been a a major issue for your entire Red Bull career. You know, how how do you deal with that when you when you've got limited availability of the aircraft and, and the logistics? Yeah, it is um, it is a major challenge. It has been a major challenge, as you say, for my entire air race career. That um, you know, the my race plane we had it in Perth um, for a race, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, and then once the season kicked off again in two th- at the end of two thousand and thirteen, we we shipped the MXS away. Um, we had it back in Australia for six weeks, uh, one year, but all we did in that six weeks was, um, was repaint it to the cola colors. Since then, um, we've not had a race plane back in Australia. So, you know, the edge in fact has never been to Australia. So it, it is, it is, uh, you know, it, it's frustrating because, um, you know, after Abu Dhabi, the planes were all sent to Europe and then they were released, um, to the, the teams to get them. And so, the European teams, they went and picked up their planes and they had them for the best part of three months uh, in their own hangars to tinker on, to fly, you know, to, to use their own tools, sleep in their own beds, all that sort of stuff. Whereas, um, you know, we went over for up to two weeks. We, we sort of split the, split the shifts with the team, but we got, we got two weeks with the aircraft and it cost us about $30,000 in, um, in travel, accommodation, you know, rental cars, 
um, yeah, all that type wow. of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it uh, it makes it. You know, we we had access for two weeks and cost us thirty grand. Um, the European teams had access for three months and um, basically cost them nothing because they just kept it in their own hangars. Um, yeah. So it's always been a frustrating point for us. But there's you know, with everything I do, you've always got to look at what can you control and what can't you control. And there's no point. You know, you can be disappointed, but you've just got to get over it. Um, and that was with our access. Um, you know, we try to look at the positive and say that, you know, when we do have access, we're very, very focused on it with no other distractions. Whereas if you've got it at home, you know, you're, you're always distracted and there's always stuff. So we always just tried to find those positives. And, um, and now we've got the MXS um, back in Australia as well. We were using that as our development uh, platform because at the time we said that, uh, you know, we were one of the most fortunate teams that we had two modern race planes. And so we had one at home for testing and training and development. Um, all the time, and the other one was on the road. And now that's now I'd probably say that's not so much of an advantage because um, we've got two modern race planes and um, no race. <laughs> so, Maddie, uh, with the well, you know with the with the race series uh, coming to an end, there's only a few rounds left. Um, it, it's going to be. I see uh, Yoshi obviously is uh, leading the pack at the moment on 28 points, and you're sitting in the middle on 14. That's um, it's going to be a big push now to to get back up there and get into the championship contention. How do you rate that? With I mean, the opposition has um, one of the things we've seen over the development of the the second iteration of the race is it's far more competitive now. The uh, the teams are so tight. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we you know, we we definitely want to finish strong. We want to finish you know, as world champions. <laughs> it's only a four race season all of a sudden, and that always means it's a bit of a it's a bit of a toss of a coin because um, you know someone can have a lucky race and all of a sudden they're um, you know they're, they're up in contention. Whereas the more races there are, the more the field sorts itself out into a natural order. Um, so, you know, if I go and win the next three races, um, you know, we're, we're world champions and no one can stop us. But, uh, you know, if, if we just have a few, a few people like pull out a great result, you know, once or twice, they can be, you know, they can be world champion as well. Um, last year, um, I came fifth in Abu Dhabi. And by the middle of the season, I was leading the world championship. So after four races, I was leading the world championship. So if we just duplicate what I did last year, where you know this this year so far, I started the race exactly the same, fifth um, in Abu Dhabi. So yeah, with with um, by four races, um, if I can do exactly what I did last year and be leading the championship, um, that means I'm the um, I'm the uh, perpetual Red Bull Air Race world champion. I can uh, bring the trophy home and never have to take it back. <laughs> nice. That'll make a good few talking points at our next speaking event, Matt. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly. Well, Matt, the cool. uh, the, uh, the Red Bull Air Race, as you say, coming up at Kazan in Russia, uh, the middle of June, 15th and 16th of June, um, and two more rounds after that. We wish you all the very best, mate, and uh, I can tell our listeners, um, you know, this is not the, the end you'll see of Matt Hall. Uh, you're a very positive person, mate, and we know that uh, there'll be huge things for you in the future. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to, um, I'm, yeah. There's no way I can sit around and do nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm passionate about aviation, um, and I'm um, I'm passionate about Australia, and um, yeah, one way or the other, we're going to do something that's um, that's fantastic for the industry and um, and fantastic for Australia. Uh, we've got a lot of options out there, and we've just got to uh, pick which options we uh, we push on. All the best to you, Matt. Matt Hall joining us there. Thanks, guys. So there we go, Grant. Uh, you know, Matt's always a very positive person, and uh, although obviously you can tell from the the tenor of his voice there that he's, um, you know, he's, he's disappointed, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, but Matt, uh, as I mentioned, I think in that interview that 
He's uh, the ultimate positive person, and we know he'll bounce back from uh, this disappointment. And, um, you know, as he said in the interview there, he's got many other irons in the fire, plenty of other things to, um, you know, to to keep himself busy and to uh, generate income for himself. And uh, I tell you what, I reckon his family will be um, looking forward to having him home a bit more often. He uh, he really does spend a lot of time globetrotting. Oh, he certainly does, mate. And, uh, yeah, it has been... Difficult for him, I know, uh, juggling everything he does uh, with the travel, as you heard him say in there about they only had a couple of weeks over there and it cost them a packet. So, yeah, they had to be very focused. So this will uh, let him take a breather, uh, have, a, have a think about what it is he wants to do, He's, uh, you know, how he's going to progress all that charter work that they do and the joy flying and the, the uh, air show appearances. So uh, and hopefully have a bit of time to sit back, relax, and enjoy some family time and maybe a bit of me time even. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you get up to his airport up there at Lake Macquarie up on the uh, New South Wales uh, mid-north coast there, it's, it's, it's pretty busy up there. It's pretty impressive what he and his business partners have done. And uh, one of the, uh, the great uh, things that we do each year and in partnership with uh, companies such as Oz Runways is uh, they get up there and they have a fly-in. Um, and uh, Grant, uh, we've been to a couple of those now, and it's great. It, it really generates a sense of community, which is very much needed here in the Australian uh, GA scene. So, uh, you know, Matt, Matt does a lot of work um, around that sort of stuff as well. He certainly does, mate, and highly recommend it if you get the chance to go to any event that he's at. Uh, when he does his uh, presentations on airmanship and safety and so on, it's it's quite fascinating to hear what he has to say and the lessons he's learned over his long career. Indeed. Well, I guess that wraps up this uh, second edition of uh, Airwaves uh, for Aviation Trader. Grant, it's great to be back here in the podcast studio talking about uh, all things flying. It certainly is great to be back, mate, and I'm really looking forward to what our opportunities are to uh, interview some new people, catch up with some old friends, and uh, bring what's happening in aviation from, uh, from our kind of perspective, but uh, global aviation absolutely now if you'd like to uh you know uh, have some input into the show and maybe uh you know with some suggestions for people you might like interviewed uh, or any any uh, feedback and all that sort of stuff the email address there uh is admin at aviationtrader.com.au and if you'd like to uh advertise with the magazine if you'd like to uh, get a classified ad in there talk to them about sponsorships and all that sort of stuff the number you can call at any time from here in australia is 1-800-025-776 I'm Steve Vischer. On behalf of Grant McCarran, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Airwaves is the official podcast of Aviation Trader and part of the publication's comprehensive array of digital content. If you're passionate about aviation, stay connected at aviationtrader.com.au for the latest podcasts, news, blogs and more.